What is happening, everyone? Welcome again to The Window, Canada's sports betting podcast. Ahead on today's episode of The Window, get in the car. It's a phrase, a command, a threat heard in movies, and it's never good. Alex Moretto is the supervising editor sports betting at The Score, but before he found his way to a position at a company that is both up and coming but also well entrenched in the digital sports media landscape, he heard those words directed at him. He was guilty, and he knew it. Alex joins me to preview the new NHL season from a betting perspective, and I'll get his thoughts on the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. And he won't have to get in the car. It's time to head to the window. Let's go. Welcome to the window. I'm your host and sports betting professional, Matt Russell. I'm excited about today's guest, Alex Moretto, Supervising Editor, Sports Betting at The Score. If you don't know The Score, you do. It's in your phone right now. It's a prominent digital media company in the sports betting space here in Canada, and you probably check The Score on The Score on your phone. We'll find out what a supervising editor is and how Alex found himself at The Score, but First, I've made much ado about a wild, bad beat from earlier in the NFL season. The Kareem Hunt lateral fiasco and what happened around that. And we talk about celebrating and commiserating on this show. And when that happened, I needed answers. I needed someone out there in the Twitter abyss to help acknowledge what was happening, right? You're watching a game, you're alone, and you just are tweeting away, is anybody out there, does anybody know what's going on? And a handful of people acknowledged my pleas for just drawing attention on what happened on that fateful play. Alex was one of the people that seemed to genuinely care (laughs) about what happened. So safe to say, he's also a good dude. But that's for us to determine here today. Alex, welcome to the window, man. Matt, thanks for having me. It's great to be on. Yeah, so thrilled to have you on here. Uh, We've chatted a ton in the last little bit. Uh, First time guests, though, on the window are expected to essentially spill their life story. So (laughs) before we can believe anything that you say with regards to sports or sports betting, that's sort of the requirement here. So let's get into that a little bit here to start. So where are you from and what were or are your sporting allegiances stemming from your youth? So I am from a little bit north of Toronto. I'm born in the uh, north end of Richmond Hill. Grew up there my whole life, pretty much. And uh, yeah, living in the city now. Um, pretty much haven't strayed too far from uh, Toronto in the GTA my whole life. Uh, but, you know, despite being from Toronto, I am not a Leafs fan, as you might have expected. I am actually a big Montreal Canadiens fan, born and raised uh, into a family of diehards. My dad is a big fan. My uncles are all big fans. We, uh, I was kind of born into a Hab shirt, I like to say. Didn't really have a choice from birth. Um, so, yeah, big, big <laughs> Habs fan uh, and intern. Hate the Leafs as a result. I think that's pretty fair to say. Not so much hate the Leafs, but hate Leafs fans, I guess. <laughs> they are <laughs> you're a, right. They're a, you're a, they're you're essentially a contrarian family. Right? Yeah, exactly. You're born into contrarianism. Yeah. Right, into, uh, that, that'll serve you well. Yeah, anyway. you know what? And like years of being mocked uh, through grade school and high school from Leafs fans who think their team is the be-all and end-all and, you know, the NHL starts and stops with them. I mean, that will leave you pretty jaded. So... I uh, I think that's kind of uh, 
fostered the hate towards that team for me. Um, but yeah, and then I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a Vikings fan. Uh, unfortunately, okay. I don't like to admit that one to many people because it's just years and years of That's misery. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> there's nothing good that comes with being a Vikings fan, let me tell you. Um, and uh, I'm a Jays fan. That's the one Toronto team I do support. Um, I, yep. uh, I, I love the Jays, you know, try and get to as many games as I can every summer when we're not in the uh, middle of a pandemic. And, um, and I am an Ajax supporter. Uh, if you, for those oh, okay. of you who follow, yeah, European soccer, I have um, a lot of family in the Netherlands, uh, have a couple of uh, uncles and cousins who have season seats at the Amsterdam Arena. So I've, uh, I've always been a bit of a big Ajax fan and I don't, I don't follow basketball at all. So I just don't have any oh, okay. allegiances there. Okay. You are uh, not surprisingly the first Ajax supporter that we've had on the podcast. Shocking. So you can sort of plant your flag, <laughs> plant your flag on that one. So some of the best stories I get from guys are just sort of how they found out that sports betting was a thing, you know, and, and how they started doing it because, you know, by all accounts, it wasn't all that easy to start doing. And when you're a kid, you know, you're following your teams, right? You're following, you know, like you said, you're basically tattooed um, into the Montreal Canadiens. And then there's a point where it, you know, it goes beyond just, oh, like I can bet my buddy $5 or something along those lines, right? You've eventually yeah. realized that like betting is happening out there in the world. Do you remember when you actually found out that we could actually place bets on sports rather than sort of just be a fan and be sort of committed to whatever is in the best interest of your team, you know, on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, I, uh, I mean, I kind of always been obsessed with sports, right? Like box scores yeah. and everything like that. And you, you know, you being from Ontario, you know that we have this pro line here, right? And mm-hmm. um, my, my dad would play pro line from time to time. And he would let me kind of, kind of, uh, you know, give my picks in, make a few tickets sure. here and there and stuff like just, you know, right. innocent, fun stuff. But then um, I had a buddy in high school who also did the same thing, you know, pro line here and there. But I went to, I went to St. Mike's for high school. I'm not sure if you've heard of the school, you know, the school in Toronto. Sure. Yeah, I do. I'm sure uh, for our listeners, especially one South of the border, you feel free to expound on, uh, on St. Mike's. Yeah. So St. Mike's is a, uh, Catholic all boys high school run by a bunch of bazillion priests, and you know it's got a, it's got a long standing hockey uh, tradition. A lot of former NHL players gone to the school. Um, a very long kind of overwhelming list. They have an OHL team, a junior B team. Um, it's a it's a big hockey school, and there's yep. kind of. Uh, two types of people that go to the school, people who go to the school for sports or people who go to the school because their families have a lot of money and uh, (laughs) there's not much of an in-between. So you're kind of immersed in that culture where you have a lot of money and a lot of people who like sports. And it's just that kind of all male energy and betting actually was a massive part of my high school experience. Um, I believe I was in, I was in grade 11 uh, when I first got it was my friend Massimo we were in a computer science class in the basement of the school Mr. Shoes class hated that <laughs> class and uh, he's he was a big Red Wings fan and he you know we were just back from Christmas break and he's like hey so over the break you know my older cousin uh, 
he was showing me this site. It's called Bet Who, and you can, you know, you can have this betting account, and like I can get you an account if you want one. And I'm thinking, <laughs> like, what the hell? Like, what the hell is this? It's like a betting account online. Like, yeah. I mean, sign me up, sure, but like, you know, like tell me a bit more. So he's like, yeah, you know, like my cousin is and you know come to find out later on that his cousin was essentially the runner for some bookie who's giving mm-hmm. out all these skins for this account and um so i i'm like yeah you know what like get me an account sure and that's kind of started the evolution of the online betting for me but um it was it it was seriously a wild ride from high school and university before i kind of was able to restrain myself a little bit and figure out that that I'm on, I'm on a bad path. Uh, <laughs> so, sure. yeah. So I started, I started with just, you know, five, $10 bets, like just betting against the Leafs, betting on Montreal, betting on NFL games. Cause I think I'm some expert with my little $5, six game parlays that <laughs> right. don't ever come close to hitting. Uh, I don't think I had a winning week in the first, first three months I was betting through him. Um, <laughs> and I figured like, this isn't the way to, make money and like i'm not i mean i wasn't at the point where i'm gonna just get good at sports betting like that at at that age so i figured the best way to to get good was to uh or to to make money off of this was to recruit my own people to get their accounts and then i make 10 percent of what they lose so (laughs) that kind of got me into the uh into the space where i i became a, a runner for a number of people at our high school people who had a lot more money than i had and people who could bet a hundred dollars a game instead of you sure. know the five dollars I was betting and uh yeah it, it really kind of took off from there that's awesome so I mean we kind of you know we grow up being asked what we want to be when we grow up but when you're starting at that relative young age you know normally it's like okay what did you want to be when you grow up and how did you end up where you are now this one's a little bit more linear. It sort of feels like, did you know that this is something that you wanted to be involved in in some way, shape or form at that point? Or were you sort of tabbed to, you know, go to law school, become a plumber, like, you know what I mean? Do something that's obviously (laughs) more traditional. Like at what point do you go like, I just kind of want to do this. And when I say this, I just mean sort of being involved in sports and sports betting, you know, um, as an adult. Yeah, so being involved in sports in sports betting was never really something I wanted to do more out of the sheer fact that I didn't think that was something that was possible. I mean, like right. betting media wasn't anything you could consume at the time, right? Yeah. Um there was no I mean there was like the odd uh, I uh, my friend had introduced me to like this site where you could go and see like Brandon Lang and Al DeMarco and these guys have these 50 dime whale plays like are dipping out <laughs> yeah. and you can buy these plays and stuff like that. And that was about the extent of of what I, uh, what I knew from, you know, betting and betting advice online. Um, I, I wanted to be a physiotherapist for a while okay. until I realized I sucked at science and I hated school. <laughs> um, and then I wanted to be, uh, and then I wanted to be a journalist and that was kind of what I gravitated towards. And I, I liked writing and I wanted to, uh, I wanted to write while also staying in the sports field because, you know, sports were my life. Sure. Um, and yeah, I, I kind of had Ryerson circled as Ryerson journalism is a place I wanted to go. Uh, it's obviously got a very prestigious journalism program here in um, Toronto. And 
I, uh, I, so I had, you know, I, I wrote for the school paper and newsletter and this and that. And I, you know, kind of built up my portfolio and I was like, yeah, like I'm going to go to Ryerson journalism. It's going to be awesome. And, you know, uh, I wasn't the best student. I kind of acted out a little bit in high school, but I had told my, uh, I had told, you know, I was, I was as well behaved as could be an English class because I knew that in addition to a strong portfolio, I needed an 80 in English to get into this program. Right. And so, you know, I was, I sat there with my hands on my desk and my eyes forward and, you know, being as good as could be and <laughs> wrote my essays, did my work and, you know, had like an 83, 82 going into, uh, into those final report cards that were important for um, university. And I guess my reputation in the school as a bit of a shit disturber preceded me and <laughs> I wound up getting a 79 in English <laughs> okay. on my report card and I did not get into Ryerson. Right. So, uh, so that kind of had me saying, well, you know, screw this. I got to find something else to do then. Uh, I ended up going to Guelph Humber for journalism. Um, so I, or for media studies. So I kind of stayed on the same path, but I wasn't happy about not getting into Ryerson. I was just kind of bitter, had a lot of resentment towards a lot of people, like just like just sure. an angry kid for no reason, you know. <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah. Like most of it's um, your fault, but like it, you know, not exactly. in not in your mind at that time. I was the exact right. Same like I, I look back at some of the stuff I did in high school, and I'm like, like thank God my parents didn't find out or they didn't call home because like I would have, I would not have ended well for me. Um, I was, you know, I would not be happy if my kid was doing the same thing. So, uh, yeah, so I went to Guelph Humber and I eventually got into media um i got an internship actually my first ever writing gig which is crazy because i saw the questions you had given to me and i I just started thinking about how it all started and i actually was on this uh do you know the rx forum uh vaguely familiar with it but no real experience yeah so i haven't been on it in years and years but when i first started uh you know, betting in, in high school and stuff like, you know, another buddy had showed me this site. And so I, uh, I went on and it's basically a bunch of people who gamble from all over the world, sharing their picks. It's almost like a Reddit for degenerates. Sure. And, um, or so as we like to call it now, met... Twitter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it was gambling Twitter before gambling Twitter was a thing. Yeah. And, um, I, I met a guy on there who, who asked me if I had, you know, wanted to contribute to his site um it was called the online wire i have no idea if it still exists it probably doesn't it was a horrible site <laughs> uh, but i wrote for free every like every week i would write an nfl post i did a couple of like mlb division preview stuff like that um that was my first sort of writing gig mm-hmm. and then from there i got a bit more serious about it as i got later in university i uh got an internship with goal which is the big soccer media site whatever you want to call it um wrote for them for free for a long time i wrote for free for a lot of people for a long time because no one seems to want to pay people to write for them (laughs) so you really have to put in really have to put in your work which doesn't you know doesn't bode well for someone who was losing their shirt and gambling pretty regularly also (laughs) you know (laughs) so it was it was tough sledding for a while but uh eventually i finally got my first paid gig through that internship and um and yeah, I mean, it was like five, six years with that company and constantly they were, they were a UK based company and it was, it was, they were good. Um, like they're a big company and, you know, I did 
good stuff for them. And I, you know, they gave me nice opportunities, but like it was never evolving to where I wanted it to. It was never really quite full time. Um, and they kept kind of dangling that, you know, in front of my face and like, Hey, you know what? Like, you know, you just do this and you do this. And then like, you know, we're going to get you into that position real soon. And I'm like, and I'm just like, Oh, okay. Sounds good. Like, I believe you. Right. And, and never, uh, never came to be. Um, then I met my fiance now. Uh, and I realized that I needed to get a bit more serious about my life because I'm here <laughs> right. I am making very little money writing about soccer right. for some, you know, uh, UK based site and, you know, just not really going anywhere with it. Um, and I applied to a number of media gigs. I didn't get anything. I reached out to the people I knew in the industry. It was just a bad time for, to get a job in this space. So right. I, uh, I kind of, I kind of gave up. Um, I, contacted a family friend who was high up in all state insurance and was going to go get a job as an insurance salesman. Oh, okay. Or, uh, yeah. So that was, I, I applied there. And in the meantime, I was filling out applications for trade schools because to be an electrician or a carpenter. Um, oh, okay. and I was basically trying to decide whether I wanted to go file insurance claims and work my way up to be an insurance salesman at Allstate, or if I want to just go to trade school for two years and, you know, bite the bullet at the time, I just, I needed the money. Right. So it was like, do I go, do I go work at a job that I'm absolutely going to hate every day right. for the rest of my life? Or do I yeah. go and, uh, and go to school and bite the bullet for a couple of years? And at least like, I like work with my hands. I like, you know, sure. I like doing different jobs like that. So, or do I, you know, so bite the bullet and not make money for two years, actually pay money to go to school and take that path. And that's when I just happened to be scanning the uh, job postings. And I saw this posting for a sports betting writer at the score. And I was like, well, shit, that's kind of right up my alley. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah. and at that point I was so, I was so uh, over it all anyways. that like, I just, I applied without any, like there was no, pressure right it was more just like i i kind of already give it up in my head so i was like this isn't it is what it is if something comes of it great but like i don't really care i don't expect anything of it right. ended up uh i knew a guy who worked there um because i had interned with toronto fc a while back and he was there and he and now he works at the score so i was like i'll reach out to him he passed my resume along ended up getting an interview um and funny story is i apparently was not at all in the running for this job. Okay. They interviewed me as a favor to the guy who, right. To the guy who passed my resume along because I, I didn't have any betting experience on my resume. Right? right. Like I, I had written about soccer and they don't even, you know, they cover soccer, but not that much. There's not like a huge audience for it here. So they see some like soccer writer coming in with no betting experience. Like they're not, they're not taking me seriously whatsoever. Um, that's, and then, uh, Apparently, I, I crushed my first interview with our director of content, mm-hmm. and then I got to go on to meet uh, Thomas Casale, mm-hmm. who's our former supervisor, who's on to Radio.com now. But he and, yeah, we got along really well, and he's the one who told me that, that I, I came in with zero chance of getting the job and somehow <laughs> got it. <laughs> he said that, yeah, so he was just, he was impressed, and we got along really well, and he said he could kind of sense that passion in my voice and after exchanging some stories about betting he saw that okay this guy actually does know about betting you know he hasn't written about it before but i think you know and and i i i owe him so much because he stuck his neck out and took a chance on me he didn't need to hire someone who 
had no betting experience, no betting media experience. Right. Um, but he did, and he, he, uh, yeah, he took that chance on me. So I'm, I'm so grateful for that, and I've been there ever since. That's awesome. Um, so you know, you're the supervising editor now. You've taken over his job, which is awesome. Yeah. Uh, so simply put, quoting Office Space here for a second. You know, what would you say you do here? Like, what's what's a day look like <laughs> at the score for the supervising editor of sports betting at the score? Uh, so I'm definitely writing a lot less now. I used to write okay. like, you know, 10 to, 10 to 12 stories a week. I'm probably down to like three or four because um, there's a lot more administrative stuff, sure. I guess, you're dealing with. You're, I'm creating our content schedules, you know, mapping out our plans of attack to make sure everything's being covered. I'm kind of guiding our other writers. I'm assigning their stories. I'm sending them for edit. I'm scheduling the alerts, the push alerts. I'm organizing our feed, uh, you know, meeting with the sportsbook people to deal with promo content and just a lot of different stuff like that. Um, more, you know, behind the scenes stuff that isn't necessarily showing up on the app. You just see all the, uh, the articles up there, but kind of the one that I guess is planning those out and, and getting it all organized. Cool. Yeah. And so, I mean, we'll get into uh, NHL stuff. We're going to get into some NFL stuff here in a second, but I just have to ask. So, you know, at, throughout this entire process, like you're still betting pretty consistently, I assume. Is that, was that fair to say? Mm-hmm. Do you have, oh, absolutely. do you have a big win? Do you have a big loss? Do you have any sort of that standard betting story? Now, most of us sort of lean on, a loss, right? Because those are the things that are tattooed into our brain, yeah. <laughs> right? Like you never actually win, even though we win pretty regularly. It's just in your mind's eye. Like you, <laughs> when you think of the big story, you know, it's always a loss. Is that the same way for you? Yeah, it always takes me back to that. And I'm not going to try and quote it because I don't want to butcher it. But it always takes me back to that Al Pacino quote from Two for the Money where he's at the, uh, he's at the, the meeting and he's telling them all that they're lemons because you know they're addicted to that the losing it's not that the winning yeah. it's that losing that feeling you get when you lose and i'm like that's it that resonates with you so well right yeah. because it's those losses that just stick with you and give you that kind of like holy shit what do i do now feeling yeah there's almost an endorphin or something that you know when you have a loss like that like it's a bigger rush than if you actually want like the the winning is in is relief and you just yes. sort of move on to the next thing. And in, in a lot of ways, right. you almost regret uh, not betting more after you win, right? Like you and I did okay right. last right. night in the college football uh, national championship. And I'm like, why didn't I put more on Alabama? Like, what, you know, yeah. what an idiot. Yeah. And, right? So uh, there's, all, there's that negativity that, you know, on this show, we try to stay away from, right? Like we try to learn from when we lose, but we try to celebrate the wins a little bit more. So... Um, yeah, as far as the loss is concerned, do you have, you have a specific one that you can sort of tell us about? Oh, there's, there, uh, there are so many different losses. Um, <laughs> I can kind of, I wanted to kind of get into a slightly different story with sure. the, it, it, it's, it's kind of about losing or, or getting in too deep or just, I don't know. It's just, it's one of my favorite betting stories that I really haven't told many people because I'm not necessarily ashamed of it, but it's just like, it's some serious stuff from back in the day. And it was like, you know, I just haven't really got into it with too many people, but, um, this is a safe space, Alex. This is a safe space. Yeah. I think it would be in, in, you know, I think people would get some enjoyment out of it. Um, and you know, I'm good now. So, right. So (laughs) to tell about it. So tell about it. 
uh, I had met this. I was working at a butcher shop called uh, Bruno's Fine Foods in, you know, North Toronto. And um, I was betting through a guy who I had worked with there. Um, He was like 10 years older than me. And uh, he was like, I guess, the agent of all these accounts. And, you know, me and my buddy were betting through him uh, and my buddy from high school who was quite frankly, a horrible influence on me. And um, he was a couple years older than me. And, you know, he was betting a lot more than me. And he was slinging money around from time to time. And he'd go on these crazy runs and he'd make all this money. And then he'd like take all the guys out for drinks. And it was like, you know, you kind of like almost idolized him a little bit. Sure. Um, And then we started, you know, so we started betting together a lot and I kind of let him steer me the wrong way a few times so he's like well you work with this guy like why don't you do this for me so he's like why don't you when he's you know whatever in the back or he's dealing with raw meat his phone's down on the counter like go grab his phone and check his password for his agent account and just tell me it and then i'll tell you what we're gonna do i'm like okay perfect yeah sounds good whatever i I trust you like we got this so Mm -hmm. i uh so i get his password and and then uh, my buddy's like, okay, so we're going to start making these massive bets, like bets that we don't have the money for at the time, you know, $500 on the over, $500 on Washington to beat the Cowboys on Thanksgiving, stuff like, you know, like $500 to $1,000 a game. Um, and he's like, when the bets are, if they're looking good, we just let them go. If they're looking like they're about to lose, we call the site, be like, hey, I'm agent so-and-so, uh, this is my password, uh, we want to cancel this bet on this account. And he's like, I've done it before. Trust me, it works. I'm like, okay. And it did work. And, you know, from, I I got the password on a Thursday and we, we did this from Thursday to Sunday and we probably won like, I don't know, $13,000 on accounts that usually win or well, usually lose to be honest, but usually lose (laughs) from like 500 to $600 a week. Like, and now all of a sudden you're, plus 13,000, like something doesn't stand out here. I don't know why I didn't put it together. Like, hey, maybe this isn't going to work and maybe this is going to get, you know, found out. Yeah, red flags uh, galore. Yeah, exactly. So uh, Monday morning rolls around and I get about seven calls from this guy. I'm like, I'm not answering a single one of them because I am just scared beyond belief. I'm like, I'm in way too deep right now. Like, what did I just do? And I have to go to work that night and I'm working with him and it's just me and him. I'm like, this is, this is terrible. Like, I don't even know what to do. I'm like, you know, the palms are sweaty. You have those butterflies <laughs> in your stomach. You're like, I don't even know what to do. I'm calling my friend. He's like, no, 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 it's going to be okay. Just deny it. Trust me. Just keep denying it, denying it, denying it. And that's it. I'm like, oh my God, this is, so I go in there. It, it's not as bad as I thought because the guy's just not saying a word to me. I'm like, okay, well, I guess I don't like, I don't know what to do. I'm just going to go through this shift and that's it. So we get through a shift. We're done. I, I leave the, uh, I go out the back of the, the store towards the end of the night and there's a car parked right there, right in front of the door, just waiting for him. Like, Oh, Oh, this, this mm-hmm. kid can't be great. And the guy rolls down his window and he's like, you know, Hey, Hey buddy, can you get in the car for a second? I'm just like, no, no, I've seen, I've seen these in the movies. I'm not getting in the car. Like, <laughs> right. He's like, just get in the car. And the guy, I'm working with comes out behind me. He's like, just, you know, get in the car. I'm like, okay, this is, this is great. So they're, uh, so they're, you know, get me in the car and they start telling me what happened. I'm like, I'm just denying it. I'm following my, my friend said, I'm like, no, you know, we didn't steal the password. I promise. Like that wasn't us. I don't know what happened. Like, 
like you know and, and i don't know why i'm denying it at this point because it's so glaringly obvious but you just have to sure. stick to your guns and you don't know what to do and then uh yeah they they threaten to get physical and they show me a weapon that doesn't make me feel very comfortable and i'm this you know 19 20 year old guy i start crying i'm like freaking out i'm like wow. oh my god this is awful anyways they ended up just you know they just obviously didn't pay us a cent of what we uh of what we won and they're like yeah. well you're gonna have to pay us every bet that was going to lose like we're adding those up and everything that you called and canceled right. so we racked up quite the tab i uh, wow. i got you know scared to death i'm scared straight in a way because i didn't really engage in any shenanigans after that it was more just betting for the sake right. of betting from that point on but um yeah that was my uh that was my holy shit moment when it comes to wow. betting for sure well, and and it certainly makes a backdoor cover, um, you know, a lot less, a lot less intense. You think you so, that. but you know what? Not really. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. That's a good point. That's a good point. Wow, that's an incredible story, man. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. So uh, a little bit easier then. Uh, my next couple of questions. Let's talk about some sports. Uh, yeah. NHL starting tonight, um, as this airs on Wednesday. So let's start big picture. I know you've done some work, and you can obviously plug that um, on the score. Uh, you know, any futures bets, anything in the award market, anything in the division market, point totals, anything along those lines that you have to share? I mean, I personally am sort of anti-futures, um, sort of in general, but certainly this year with all of the uncertainty. But I know that people who are listening to this are going, hey, Matt, like – you know, give us something. And I'm like, no, I will not, but I will find somebody to do that. And you are that person here today. So do you have anything for us? Yeah. I mean, I have a lot. So I, you, you tell <laughs> okay, me where great. you want to start. Um, in terms sure. Of well, let's start big. You start in. I mean, do you have, you know, Stanley cup? Do you have conference winner? Do you have division winner sort of, you know, top down type of stuff? Yeah. So I've got a, I've got uh, three cup bets I've put in right now. I got Carolina at uh, mm-hmm. 20 to one. I got Pittsburgh at 22 to one. And I got Montreal at 35 to one. And I know what you're thinking. Okay, well, that's a homer bet on the Canadians. But I am the <laughs> farthest thing from a homer fan. I am uh, very realistic. I know when, you know, I think we're going to be shit or when we're going to be good. <laughs> and um, right. I think that this is actually a a very good price on Montreal. I'm not sure that they're actually going to win the cup, but a smart man once told me that when it comes to futures betting, you're betting numbers, you're not betting teams. So absolutely. So that, that number is just a bit, I mean, it's significantly off for me. I think I'm a lot higher on them than the market seems to be. So I'm i I'm definitely invested in Montreal and I've also got them to win the North division, but um more so for me is Carolina. I'm uh, invested in a much bigger way in them to win the cup and also to win the central ahead of the lightning. Absolutely. Okay. So let's talk more specifically about Carolina because the good news for you in uh, your credibility with regards to Montreal and not being, you know, accused of being a homer (laughs) is that anybody who's listened to this podcast either yesterday or back last season during the bubble knows that I, along with many others in the sort of, you know, statistical analytical handicapping community, um, 
you know, the Habs are kind of the darlings of that community, right? right? So when you say that that number, you know, is, you know, not correct or whatever, we can all sort of nod in agreement with you on that one. Carolina, maybe a little bit less, or maybe it needs a little bit more explanation. Certainly not enough explanation that I've necessarily given. Um, I was on them last year as far as we could get them, essentially, and obviously goaltending failed them uh, in the playoffs, along with, you know, some injury issues, right? Svechnikov going down yeah. um, and, and sort of kind of killing their offense in a lot of ways there. So um, is it as simple as they have to get better goaltending and a lot of the development of the sort of star players getting a little bit older, that kind of thing? Um, or is there something else with the Carolina Hurricanes? Yeah, no, it's a lot of that. I think last year was just kind of a weird year for them. Um, I think that they – injuries never fully – allowed them to get into a rhythm. Uh, they had obviously significant injuries in goal, and then Dougie Hamilton missed a fair bit of time. And yeah. it was just it was just a weird it was just a weird year. I mean they were they were good for stretches, but it seemed like they never quite could get into a rhythm and then you're going into the bubble and then after all this time off and it's just gonna come out there. Those are very different circumstances. It's kind of hard to put too much stock into their performance there. But obviously losing Svechnikov hurt in a big way and obviously facing a, a great Bruins team didn't help much either but I think that yeah like just going back to what you said I, I think I know that development isn't exactly linear but um, sure. when you look at the Hurricanes team and like last year their top eight scores were all 26 years old or younger and they have a ton of young talent on that team and like a handful of them are only going to get better, especially when you look at guys like Aho and Svechnikov. I think those guys also offer I, – I don't really play the player future markets as much. Um, I, I don't think – I think it's a lot harder to quantify sure. value in like the Hart Trophy, Norris Trophy markets and stuff like that. But I think that there probably is some good value just looking at the odds boards there for Svechnikov and Aho. These are guys who are already established as elite NHL players, but they're kind of – ready to make that jump into that heart conversation. These are guys who are still like what 23 and 20 years old um, that we're seeing how good they are already, but like we're not talking enough about how good they can actually be. I think they're kind of brushed under the rug a bit because they're playing in Carolina, right? No one's going to pay them the same attention as you would. uh, And I'm not saying they're necessarily on the same level, but as you would like a Leon Dreisaitl and, you know, an Austin Matthews um, who are in prime markets and who are going to get all that attention. Uh, So you have, yeah, so you have guys like Aho, you have guys like Svechnikov. Um, Tara Vinan's also one of the more underappreciated players in the league. Uh, And you have a very deep team. Um, Like you have guys like Nekas and Warren Fogle and Niederreiter and, Ryan Dezingle, um, like they have a very deep team that can compete with Tampa, mm-hmm. especially with Kucherov out. And then you look at that yeah. back end, and I mean, Dougie Hamilton, if he can stay healthy, he's there's no reason he can't be in top three in Norris voting this year. Um, Jacob Slavin is awesome. Uh, you know, they have a Brett Pesci, like they have, they have, I mean, they have a really strong team from top to bottom. And I know their goaltending kind of let them down last year in the playoffs, but. Mrazek has shown that he is capable of providing the, you know, the level of goaltending that they need to get them to where they need to go. I mean, it wasn't his fault that they lost in the conference finals to the Bruins a couple of years ago, right? But he was sure. good enough to get them there. And I think that mm-hmm. him and Reimer, when you look at all the kind of advanced stats and you put it together as a tandem, they will provide 
Carolina with above average goaltending, which I don't think is baked into their price. I think their price is kind of discounted a bit because of those perceived concerns in goal. So I think there's a lot of value to be had there. And then again, with all those young guys who are only getting better, um, I think, yeah, I think this is kind of the year they turn from that trendy breakout team to actually delivering on that potential and becoming a great team and, you know, legitimate contenders. And I think that whether they win the cup or not, I think they're all, there's a lot of good value in this line and you can kind of have opportunities to buy out or, you know, make your profit uh, down the line. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you've got three teams, the third one being Pittsburgh, all from the East in all of this, right? So you sort of have, you know, Uh, part of the market at least cornered from that standpoint. Um, Maybe just a little bit on Pittsburgh. I mean, we know what there is to like about Pittsburgh. It's obviously, you know, Crosby and Malkin, et cetera. Um, You know, what sort of has you on them versus sort of selling them as, you know, in both cases, in a lot of ways, their careers obviously not at the peak anymore, right? Like eventually... I mean, we're at 2021 here, right? Like right. 2010 <laughs> Olympic hero Sidney Crosby <laughs> is still, you know, and he wasn't a baby even back then, right? Is still expected to sort of carry the load here. Um, so, you know, so why why is Pittsburgh not a sell for you this season instead of sort of what seems to be a buy? Well, I mean, I think that when it comes to Pittsburgh, you kind of look at their team and you go okay well Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin and that's fair um Mm -hmm. but like it's easy to just kind of overlook their really strong supporting cast and I mean you have like guys like Brian Rust and Jake Gensel and Jason Zucker are really really good players and they're all like I mean borderline top line wingers playing all you know top six roles I think their top six is probably the strongest or at least close to the strongest in the NHL and they have some strong depth with guys like Tanev and, you know, McCann and Aston Reese playing in those bottom six roles. And there's a lot made about their weaknesses on the blue line. And I think their bottom pairing is a little bit scary bad with it's projected. I think right now to be <laughs> right. Cody CC and Mike Matheson. And that's, that is not good, but we've seen Jim mm-hmm. Rutherford be aggressive in the season. He knows this team has, you know, a limited window because I do think kind of a sharks like demise is coming for them sooner, but it's not going to okay. be this year. I think that they still have more than enough talent on this team. I think that Crosby and Malkin are still, you know, elite producers and they have one of the best supporting casts they've had in a long time. I mean, this, we're finally going to get to see, you know, Gensel and Zucker on the ice together. Um, you know, they, they acquired Zucker last year because, Gensel went down, right? And now we get, you know, now they have both of those guys in a top six role. Um, And Tristan Jari, I mean, Tristan Jari is kind of awesome. And I think that, uh, you know, getting rid of Matt Murray is great. Matt Murray was horrible last year. Like, he he posted a minus 11.57 goal saved above average, I believe was the exact mark, uh, which was like (laughs) one of the worst among all, you know, starting goalies, goalies who have played at least like 20 games. And I mean, he was brutal. And when Tristan Jari was in, they were awesome. And I think Matt Murray is a big part of the reason as to why they lost to the Canadians. And um, Jari came in and played one game in that series and he allowed one goal. And it's like, I think that Jari's a significant upgrade. And I guess, you know, it's not like a guarantee that he's going to be able to be the guy for a full season. But I think that we've seen enough from him where it's like, there's, 
no reason to believe he can't have sustained success, you know? Yeah, it has to be an improvement on Murray. The thing that we talked a lot about last summer on the show was like how interesting in general it was and how that how many, you know, tons of teams in the playoffs in the bubble were rolling with the bigger name, right? Versus a lot of the case having your backup goaltender be better statistically yeah. and Pittsburgh was like the poster child for that type of thing where it was exactly like you said, right? With the GSAA numbers um, showing that Matt Murray just shouldn't be anywhere near the ice for, uh, for yeah. Pittsburgh. And that led us to taking Montreal in that series and, you know, sort of, you know, going on a, a pat on our, uh, on our back, uh, a tour once Montreal actually knocked them off um, last year, which was, uh, which was incredibly fun for, uh, for this show. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's not necessarily addition by subtraction, but in a way, like, it kind of can't get much worse from a goaltending standpoint with Jari and, uh, and certainly, certainly will likely be much, much uh, better. So are those teams, teams that you're looking to bet early on in the season? And are there teams maybe not on that list that are teams that, you know, just because you don't have futures on them doesn't mean you don't think that there's value as the season starts heading into, you know, on a game to game basis here. Right. Um, yeah, I think Carolina is definitely, I don't think we're going to necessarily get a ton of value game to game on Carolina. Um, it'll be interesting yeah. to see. Uh, we could, and I mean, I will definitely be keeping a close eye on them, but um, I think they're quite clearly the second best team in that division. So I'm not sure that we're going to really see, you know, see too much value with them early on, but Montreal, I think is definitely a team that we can uh, in that North division. It's so muddled. And I think that, yeah, odds makers even are kind of having a difficult time differentiating, you know, uh, team team to team in that in that division. So I think we're going to see a lot of close lines, and I definitely think we're going to see a lot of value. I don't know if I'm just if I'm just misleading myself here, but like based on everything I'm kind of running and going through, I feel like I have a very strong grasp of this North Division more so than some of the other divisions, which have left me a little bit more confused or uncertain, but like I'm, I'm, I'm right. definitely going to be on Winnipeg early in the season because I think Winnipeg's a team that's not getting much respect. And I can't quite understand why, because defensively they're not as bad as they're being made out to be. Um, Morrissey's a stud, you know, Pionic is good. Um, like they have it, they have a solid blue line and their forwards obviously are great. And, you know, you have Hellebuck and goal who's going to give them a chance in any game they play. Um, I think I'm definitely going to be on Winnipeg early on just based on what I'm seeing in the market. And I think I'm definitely going to be fading Vancouver in a big way. And I hope not too many Canucks fans are listening to this because I, uh, I've gotten enough hate from Canucks fans in the last six months to fill up a lifetime. So <laughs> when I say I'm going to be well, fading them again, you know. <laughs> well, I don't know how to tell you this, Alex, but uh, that's enough. Um, for you today uh thank you for joining me um uh, tell your story walking um i am actually a canucks fan. oh boy um, okay so you rocked right into the hornet's nest uh, when, awesome. when it came out no i have a tendency no, I mean, to do listen, that so that's not a surprise <laughs> that's right get in the car yeah um uh, no uh, listen man like i see the same stuff that you do right like my numbers have them 10 percent below average this season um, from a projection standpoint, like it's, you know, 
the numbers are what the numbers are. Right. And right. I sort of pride myself or however you want to put it, but like, you know, at this point in my life, like I don't watch a ton of games because I trust the metrics that we all as a society in hockey created here. We've done a really good job sort of establishing what's important when it comes to success in hockey, right? right. Beyond, you know, we've moved on from goals against average and save percentage to valuing GSAA. And that's mm-hmm. where our advantage is because not necessarily a lot of people do that. And yeah, I mean, it is what it is, right? So whether I'm a fan of the team or whether, you know, um, the numbers sort of uh, show to be what the numbers are, like I see it too. And I'm, uh, they are a fade for me um, to start the season. That was going to be my next question. So, I mean, beyond Vancouver, because that's none of your business, Alex, you stay away from them. Um, you know, are there any other teams that you're sort of like, you know, really worried about here. And it is funny that you mentioned that, you know, you do feel that way about the North division. I do too. um, To the point where I literally talked yesterday about how between the North and the central, those are the two divisions. And I'm ready to call them leagues at this point, because if you never play another team in the league, are you still a division? You know what I mean? Right. So, (laughs) so I'm entirely focusing on the central and the North this season and sort of letting things play out over in the West and over in the East. Um, so I was actually hoping that you had a better grasp on those divisions <laughs> so that I could go to you for that. Um, you know, but are there other teams that you're looking to fade? I know Philadelphia is one that people are sort of, you know, there's some a little bit polarizing takes on, on Philadelphia. Are there any others that you sort of see going um, maybe more South than people think? Um, well, there's, I guess I can, I know I can go over to the West. I believe this is the West division. Actually, I'm still haven't fully grasped. The I names, have no idea what the but, name is. <laughs> but the, but uh, the, I mean, in, in, I'm I, if, assuming it's the West where, you know, the Kings and all those teams are, I'm definitely, sure. I'm not that the Kings are projected to be good, but I think that the Kings have strong potential to be the worst team in the NHL this year. Um, okay. so I'm definitely going to be, and they're in a, bad division right like you're you're facing the ducks and you're facing the coyotes and you're facing the sharks uh and the wild the wild who i'm actually a bit higher on than the market as well but you know we're, we're done with the teams i'm higher on so you know we, we won't get into that but I, I definitely think that there's gonna be a lot of opportunity to bet against the kings at very short prices this year just given how weak the talent level is in that in that division and obviously you know when you're playing the avalanche and, and the golden knights there's not much that's going to be offered there. But I think that um, they're kind of being valued right on par with teams like the Sharks and the Ducks right now, where, whereas I think they're uh, kind of grayed out as a considerably worse team. Um, and then if you want to, I guess, I mean, you know, we've already talked about the East a little bit with Pittsburgh, but I think a team that I'm going to kind of be against in that division is Washington. I don't think Washington mm-hmm. is the same team that they've been in years past. And I think, you know, we talked about how, that Sharks demise could be coming for Pittsburgh. I think that demise is kind of about to be here for Washington. Uh, sure. I'm kind of... You can make the case it was here last summer, right? Yeah. I mean, that was a relatively easy fade at a pretty good value. For sure. Um, to have them get knocked out against the Islanders, I believe it was yeah. last year. And I mean, again, their insistence on 
starting Brayden Holtby was just stunning to me because he was so obviously <laughs> right. terrible and they just kept riding him and it was like, I don't know, like, what are you guys doing? Like, what am I missing something here? Like, I don't get it. Like, right. does he have some information on the coach? Like, what's happening here? But um, <laughs> yeah, no, Washington is a team that definitely has some, uh, some pretty glaring holes. Ovechkin's still, you know, a relatively elite player and he's going to score with the best of them. But his kind of overall game is tailing off a little bit. And you have guys like Kuznetsov and, and Backstrom and Oshie who are definitely getting up there and, and Hagelin. And I just think that they're a little bit weak on not only just weak on the back end, but also like after Carlson there, there's just not a lot to like there. They're kind of lacking depth and skill. And then are we really going to, you know, get a great year out of Ilya Samsonov? I'm not so sure. Um, I just think in a really mm-hmm. competitive East division, there's potential for this to go south quick for Washington. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's, I think it's already trending that way. So we'll get a couple of fun things in a second here. But as far as like this week is concerned, there's obviously a handful of games that are already lined and have been for a little while here. So, you know, I'm seeing things that are starting to get the value sucked right out of them, right? Like I had, you know, listen, my money line, my true money line projection for the Oilers Uh, Canucks game tonight was minus 139 and it opened like minus 115 and then minus 120 for a while because it's been up for about a week and here we are and now it's you know minus 130 minus 135 even some minus 140s and so on right so like the value's kind of gone there so this is a little bit of a tricky question because some of this stuff has you know it's the only time all year where you're going to have a full week to bet some of these games, but we've got games up for Thursday. I think even a couple up for Friday, depending on, you know, where you're looking. Um, Are there any individual games that you've already made bets on, or maybe you're waiting on to see if, um, you know, if you can get a better number because, you know, you think the, uh, the market's going to go, you know, one way or another. Um, I think, well, Montreal is definitely one tomorrow. uh, Yeah. That, I mean, I, I haven't bet it yet. Um, I'm still kind of waiting to, because I don't think it will, I don't think we'll get a worse line on Montreal that we got now. I mean, they're never kind of, they're never really, uh, books are never hurting for Toronto money, right? So I don't think we're going to get a yeah. worse line there. So I'll kind of wait and see there. If we can grab some like 125, 130, I think that's worth it. I think this is almost close to a pick game um, that we're yeah. getting, you know, a pretty generous price with Montreal. Uh, but yeah, like, like you said, tomorrow, a lot of the value has kind of been sucked out of these games. Um, but looking ahead to Thursday, uh, one that kind of jumped out to me was the Islanders uh, at even money right now against the Rangers. I think that that's a really good price. Um, the Rangers are another team that's kind of almost like Toronto in a sense where they're always going to get that backing and they're, you know, they're, they're going to have kind of inflated lines. And I think that the Islanders offer some pretty good value there. The Rangers are just one of those teams that like, everyone is so high on going into this year. And I get the kind of, I get the allure of them. Like they're, you know, there's a lot of young talent on that team and there's some, you know, some sexy pieces, I guess. And they've got, you know, Panarin Mm -hmm. and and whatnot. Like they have, they have a really nice potential on their roster, but they also have a lot of glaring holes that people are willing to just completely overlook because of the fact that they have these young, shiny, exciting toys. So uh, I think it could take, I think it could take some time for the Rangers to gel. They might become, you know, a very good team as the season goes on, but I don't think early on we're going to see it right away. And I think that getting a Islanders team that's kind of got more continuity than 
anyone uh, coming into this season, you know, under trots, they don't have much turnover year to year. I think that that's a, uh, I think that's a really nice price uh, on Thursday. Yeah. Okay. Just, there you go. A bet, a bet on the East. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's exactly what we're looking for. Right? <laughs> there we go. That might be the only bet on the East we have the entire, uh, at least for the yeah. first month of the season uh, before things start to build up. So this is obviously a, a kind of a crazy season, right? Like, unprecedented you know have you heard that word before uh when it comes to uh, the current era if you will so i'm going to throw a couple of sort of concepts at you um and maybe you know you like them maybe you don't you know if you like them take them if you don't send them right back um first one is totals early on in a season like this where and and it was sort of the same thing with the bubble they had one preseason ish whatever however you want to call it game going into the bubble but my theory was unders early on in the bubble and of course now in the regular season because it's unlike basketball unlike football where the effort and the intensity is required on defense in hockey it's required on offense right like you have to have it if you will to get to the net to score yeah. goals Right. Anybody can just shoot the puck down the ice. You can't just throw the football down the other end of the uh, <laughs> of the field. You can't just throw the basketball down the other end of the field to play defense in hockey. You can. And so blindly, if you will, bet unders early on. What is your thoughts on that sort of theory? It, it, it makes a lot of sense. And I think there could definitely be some success with that. My only hesitation, well, I guess my two hesitations, one would be just how completely unknown all of this is, right? And it's just so hard sure. to know how any of this is going to play out, obviously. Um, but, I mean, like you said, we did kind of have a, a small sample of this with, with the bubble. Uh, and, you know, it yeah. did play out that way. So there could be value there. My only, And then my other concern would, I guess, be if if it starts off kind of sloppy. You know, we have, like a lot of teams that are a bit rusty and haven't played in a while. Um, and we're going to see a lot of maybe a lot of like, lazy penalties and just a lot of power plays and opportunities to score on special teams, which could kind of drive some of these, these totals sure. up a bit higher, which would be kind of my only, uh, you know, reservation there. I think we did see a, a significant uptick in penalties, especially early in those um, early in those play in series in some of those games. Like I, I remember one of those, hurricanes rangers games it was just it felt like the entire game was played on the power play and it was just like like it was just sloppy and so you know we might get some games like that which are kind of gonna give me a bit of pause but otherwise i think you're yeah you're i mean your reasoning is it's it makes a lot of sense and we've seen it play out that way and like you said yeah it it did happen right so like yeah i guess the, the real question is like how much do we consider this to be similar to the mm-hmm. bubble, right? Like, yes, there's travel involved and all of that kind of thing. And so, and that's a little bit different, but it's still going to be a really antiseptic, you know, uh, environment. And yeah, like, you know, part of, you know, getting penalties or getting power plays is outworking the other team and sort of being in, uh, in position, uh, creating positions where the other team has to sort of take a penalty. Um, other theory here uh back-to-back games right we've got these second games of back very much playoffy um so i wonder if we're going to see value in the second of those games 
on the team who lost the first game. Yes. Right? Like in the NHL, in the playoffs, right? We see so often, okay, you won game one, but like how often does that uh, the other team, if you will, win that second game? I'm going to be looking very closely at that as, you know, what's the market going to right? Do, right? Is sure. it even going to overreact mm-hmm. potentially? What do you think we're going to see from yeah, that? Yeah, we could see a little, a little I don't know. I, I don't know if we're going to see a little overcorrection, like, Whereas they're going to, you know, we were off on this line the night before. We're going to kind of adjust in favor of this team. Or we're going to be like, hey, well, this team, you know, the whole idea that, you know, you're going to win game two after losing game one. If that's going to be kind of baked in, I'm not sure what the market's going to do. But I know there's definitely going to be some teams that there are definitely some teams that have glaring weaknesses as their backups. And uh, I think there are going to be a lot of opportunities to fade teams in certain situations where, like I mean, we're going to see their backups playing a lot more uh, this year, you know, especially with sure. this congested schedule. So I think there are going to be a lot more opportunities to kind of fade teams who have truly horrible backups, but might not be priced so horribly because a lot of backups are just generally considered bad, even though there are some fully capable backups who, you know, uh, like I think sure. we're going to see situations where like the Leafs are going to be, minus 140 against the flames one night and you've got jack campbell in net who is not good at all um and i think there's gonna be a lot of value in going against certain teams in these situations uh you're you're being a good guest right now because i know exactly who you're thinking of right now <laughs> but you're refusing to say it and you're you've learned yeah, already yeah exactly i had to come here. up with that jack campbell uh, reference off the top of my head there <laughs> <laughs> right and of course if you haven't figured it out, we are alluding to Braden Holtby, um, backup goaltender of the Vancouver Canucks, that uh, is a prime candidate for uh, for this sort of example. Um, you know, in general, right, like road teams, valuable in the NHL. I don't know sort of what we're going to see with regards to lines from that. Like the Montreal-Toronto game, like you said, I talked about it yesterday on the show, like – Montreal to me is actually the better team five on five. I'm betting that every single day. I don't care if Toronto wins the game. Like that's just a really good bet. And I wonder again, whether that's all just leaf perception or whether there's a home ice thing baked into that so we'll sort of see how all of that uh i really hope there's but uh, i think baked into that because that'll work out (laughs) great for us until they adjust (laughs) right and that's that's sort of the other thing where it's like do you yeah do you definitely have a lean or add into your model you know a five percent bump for the road team or something along those lines these are the things that we're going to have to uh figure out and to do so pretty quickly right like the good thing with the unders thing last year was that theory before the bubble started and we were able to hit it right away and the numbers ended up correcting themselves you know numbers came down the to- the, go- the scoring went up and i think by the end of the playoffs it ended up being basically even steven with regards to overs and unders so these things get adjusted super super quick so let's shift gears here for a second we'll get you out of here because you've been way too generous <laughs> with your time we got to talk about some nfl like this is uh, this is it, man. We're getting into the nitty gritty here. We've got four games, and you know, I talked about it on Monday. As adorable as the Taylor Heineke story was, and you know that the Bears are in the playoffs or whatever, we got the best teams here by and large, right into this divisional yeah. round, and that's all we want, right? Like we want these good teams. So, like, okay, upsets are fine. You know, it's like 
not that much different from March Madness, right? Up, upsets are great until you look at the matchup next week and you go, oh, I'm not really that excited, um, you know, about Stephen F. Austin playing Michigan State. <laughs> right. And so of these four games, you know, I'm not going to say, like, give me bets on all of them or anything, but if you could only bet one against the spread, if you were staking your football reputation here at the window, uh, which one, no pressure, uh, which one against the spread would it be and why? So I think if you can get, and it would have been easier said yesterday because now this number is not really available and I'm not sure it will be available again, but if you can get seven with the Rams, I think that would be my, that would be my choice, but I won't give that one as my top play because that's kind of cheating because it's six and a half pretty much everywhere now. So instead I will Mm -hmm. go to New Orleans where I am still happy to take the saints at a field goal as field goal favorites against the Bucks. And I know the whole narrative about how it's so hard to beat the same team three times in a season. And I get it. Um, But I, I just, I think that there's a very clear discrepancy here between the two teams on the defensive side of the ball. And I think that um, the Bucks secondary will at least allow, even though Breeze has not looked great, I think that there's still going to be a lot of opportunity for Peyton to kind of put him in a position for success. And I think he's going to be able to shred that secondary and they're going to be able to use their many weapons on offense to uh, kind of take advantage of a very overrated Bucks defense. And I know the Bucks mm-hmm. offense has been trending in the right direction for the last little while, but like we still haven't seen them do it against a good team. And until they yeah. do, I don't think I'm ready to buy in, especially now going up against one of the better defenses in the league. You think this thing goes down to two and a half <sighs> at any, at any point? I, I just I don't see it coming. There seems off. to be support. Yeah, for Tampa there Bay. does seem to be a lot of support for Tampa. Um, I would love it. I don't know if there. I don't know if we'll see it. Um, we might see like three at even money, but um, if we do, right. I'll be pretty quick. To, I think they'll. I think they know there's going to be a lot of buyback on New Orleans if they go under three. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. And I don't think it goes to three and a half. So right. this is at least one where you can kind of hang out and wait and see if everybody just kind of lines up. Maybe it's on – the game is on Sunday. Yeah, it's, a, it's the last game of the weekend. Yeah. Right, yeah. And so, listen, you know, at that point in time, maybe there is sort of an avalanche of Tampa money. And, uh, yeah, I think that's actually worth sort of waiting to see if you can get the best of the number. Um, Prop targets. Like, there's not going to be – obviously, there's no lines for different players or anything like that. And and maybe this sort of jives with how you feel about – um, that Saints Buccaneers game, but is there are there any players that you're sort of chomping at the bit to see what their number is going to be? You know, whether it's a receiver, quarterback, wherever you kind of want to go with it. Is there anything that you're like, okay, are we getting this number with this guy, or just whatever the number is with this guy? Like, I don't even almost care because it's a good matchup or something along those right. lines. Is there anything you can kind of guide us to before I get into things deeper on Friday? Um... So there's definitely going to be, I mean, I do think, I will say that I do think books have kind of really adjusted and kind of the edges that could be had earlier in the year have dried up significantly now of late. Like this weekend was, you know, kind of blast for me for player props. I kind of just broke even on them when I 
been having a lot more success with them uh, throughout the year. I think that it's kind of gotten harder and harder to find those edges. But I'm very curious to see what Devontae Adams' total is at this weekend because I'm just Mm – I I don't even know if I'm going to bet it one way or the other or if I have a strong feel of it one way or the other. But it's just going to be very interesting to see how they – how much respect they give to Jalen Ramsey here. And like, if they open it a bit too high or a bit too low, then maybe there is an opportunity to bet it. But um, I'm just really curious to see how they handle that. And I think Rob Gronk, I know I just said the Saints to win. I still think, you know, I mean, the Saints aren't going to get a shutout in this game, but uh, I think (laughs) Rob Gronkowski, anytime touchdown score is an interesting look. They obviously love going to him you know, in the red zone. Uh, Brady loves looking for him in the end zone. We saw that uh, end zone target against the Bears too. He just couldn't bring in a ball that was rifled in. Um, But I think the Saints, you know, the Saints have tied for, I think, the sixth most uh, tight ends allowed to touchdown, uh, touchdowns allowed to tight ends this year. So I think Gronkowski is going to be a a good look there. We should definitely get him at plus money. Um, But yeah, there's not, I mean, I think Baltimore's run game will have some success. J.K. Dobbins, I'm hoping we get a a bit of a lower line on him after he didn't have the, I mean, he didn't have a bad game. He just didn't necessarily get as many touches as we expected uh, against Tennessee. So hopefully they bring that down a bit because I think he'll be able to have a lot of success running against the Bills defense. Yeah, I like it. I like all of those. That's inter- you know, you're you're bang on there. I think with the Adams stuff, the Gronkowski also yardage thing will be interesting because you have to sort of determine if he's going to get, you know, if he's going to have to block right, right, the way that he had to block against that front four with Washington. Are they going to have the same consideration against the Saints? Right, like, are they going to have to br- keep him in to block, and does that turn into a Cameron break show? Right, again, exactly, like it did uh, against Washington. So that's what I'm looking for. Um, man, like, such a fun time of year. It is. Right? It really like, is. And- and connecting with you online and here as well. Hopefully we can get you back on towards the middle of the NHL season. We can kind of do an overview on what's going on there, see what's changed, what's the same. Uh, what can we plug from or? Um, just, you know, download the score app. If you don't have it already, uh, make sure your bet modes turned on, get in the betting feed, uh, follow the score bet on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter, whatever uh, you need to do. But we have a lot of really strong content. We've got some really good writers, um, Alex Kologe and C Jackson Cowart. They're two very smart people. Uh, I think we produce a lot of informative, uh, betting stuff. So if you're kind of, you know, looking for more information to digest. I know there's a ton of it out there these days, but I think we produce some pretty, some pretty good stuff. So you can check all that out in the app and the betting feed. And uh, yeah, that's about it. Right on, man. He's at Alex J Moretto on Twitter, ready to lend an ear when you get robbed of 125 to one bet. <laughs> thanks for hanging out, man. Appreciate yeah. It. Thanks. Thanks for having me, Matt. As they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. All right, let's dig into a Let's Do That Hockey segment. Again, thanks to Alex. Great information, great storytelling, interesting dude, uh, and a really nice guy as well. Um, as far as Let's Do That Hockey, uh, as you know, just a refresher, we talk about the games a day beforehand, right? So this is Wednesday's show. We're talking about Thursday night's games. We are 
you know, why not sort of mention the games that we talked about yesterday and sort of where those lines have gone. So for tonight, you've got five games on the schedule, three that qualify as games that are relevant to us in that we are following the North Division, which I'm sure I'm going to call the Canadian Division um, more and more throughout this season, and the Central Division. So Montreal and Toronto starts off the night for us. There is an afternoon game, 5.30 start time between the Penguins and the Flyers. Uh, You're on your own as far as that one's concerned. Um, But the next one up, Montreal and Toronto talked about it yesterday. Anything with a plus in front of it is a good bet for Montreal but at plus 125 that seems to be the consensus around the market go ahead and take that that's what we'll grade this on from Chicago and Tampa Bay standpoint this line is about right I have this in around minus 210 plus 210 as my true number Um, there are some places where you can get plus 230 I think you would need even a little bit higher to take Chicago in that uh, situation given the circumstances Uh, and then Vancouver and Edmonton we talked about this yesterday at minus 130 was on the edge of being a good bet. This has now been kicked up to minus 140. Talked about how my number, my true money line number for this is minus 139 plus 139. Obviously no value on the Vancouver Canucks at just plus 120. But now the value has been taken out of the Oilers. So hopefully you grab the minus 130 or better um, yesterday. Uh, And then finally, Blues and Avalanche. Heck of a hockey game. Heck of a hockey game. Just not anything that we are getting involved in. As for Thursday, handful of hockey games as well. But again, a lot of the divisions that we're not involved in. Boston and New Jersey, no thanks. Uh, Alex gave out the Islanders over the Rangers, can't say I disagree with him there at minus 105, even money, something along those lines. Certainly, um, I trust him um, with his expertise. Uh, Washington and Buffalo, no play, obviously not in a division that we care about. And then Carolina and Detroit. My true money line number here is actually a little bit higher on Carolina at minus 210. And this thing's at minus 200. Not worth a bet, but if this did drop to, for some reason, you know, a bunch of Red Wing money came in. I don't see that necessarily happening. But if this did drop into like the 180 range, um, that would be worth the play. But no play on the underdog there at just plus two, uh, excuse me, plus 170. Um, Calgary and the Winnipeg Jets here. This one, I have a considerable edge on the Calgary Flames. And fundamentally, Alex and I disagree about the Winnipeg Jets this season. Uh, And the reason is my numbers have this, you know, pretty simply. Calgary upgrade in goaltending right, with Markstrom. The Winnipeg Jets, not a downgrade necessarily in goaltending, but a really high uh, bar here for Connor Hellebuck to achieve to still be good, right, to still have his team be good. He was fantastic last year and cured a lot of what ailed them, and even as it was, right, it was still barely enough to make the playoffs. That's as simple as it can get with regards to some of these uh, metrics. So Calgary, even at minus 110, minus 115, starting to creep up to more favoritism here. I think Calgary is a good bet at Winnipeg. Columbus and the Predators. My number here, minus 110, plus 120 in favor of the Predators. The numbers, minus 120. So obviously no value on the Predators and also no value on the Blue Jackets. I would need better than plus 110 to bet them there. Sharks and Coyotes don't qualify. Ducks and Golden Knights don't qualify. Wild and the Kings 
also doesn't qualify, all being in the West division, if you will, uh, the in and out division. I don't even know what they ended up calling it from a sponsorship standpoint, but for our purposes, we might as well call them in and out because that's delicious. Uh, and then finally, Vancouver and Edmonton, a rematch game. It's off the board in a lot of places, but over at Sports Interaction right now, you can get the Oilers at minus 120, and it's the exact same game, obviously, as uh, goes tonight. And they haven't adjusted for the fact that the first game got adjusted, right? So a bunch of money comes in on Edmonton, they move the price up, but they don't do anything for the second game and they are leaving it out there right now. So run over there, grab that minus 120 because I can't imagine that number also not going up. You know, we talked with Alex about the back-to-backs, the second game. If Edmonton wins tonight, is that going to give Vancouver sort of more of an edge here for the second game? And maybe that's possible. That being said, if we're early on in the season here and we're using both goaltenders, I would expect to see Braden Holtby in for that second game. And obviously, as we talked about, a massive downgrade for the Canucks if he ends up playing, which of course means an upgrade for the Oilers, which given the fact that we're getting the price that we wanted to get in the first place, in the first game, for this second game, why wouldn't we hop all over that? if at all possible. So it'll be interesting to see where this opens when it comes to all of the sites. Uh, and the fact that it's already opened up over at Sports Interaction is maybe an indictment of what's going on over there, but also interesting um, to see you know, whether or not people are actually betting it, right? Because if they're betting the Oilers tonight, I don't see why they wouldn't bet it um, again tomorrow, given the fact that, again, my numbers make it a minus 139 plus 139 number. So no value on the minus 140 at this point, but considerable value on the minus 120. So uh, back again tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow's episode, the Thursday episode, is the Vanier, the auction part two. The boys will be back and we're going to auction off the some quick mathematics, four games, four sides and totals, 16 different bets uh, will be auctioned off on Thursday. It should be a little bit quicker since we're just, there's less games. Um, a lot of different strategy going on when it comes to these games as well as I've only used three sides at this point. Massive oversight on my part. Um, and then we had some of the guys going over the, you know, naturally going over the allotment of six. So um, yeah, sort of ton, tons to kind of break down when it comes to that. Um, hopefully you're playing along at home or at least sort of wish that you were so that this can catch on maybe next year. Um, maybe we do it in some other form or fashion over the course of some of these other sports. Worth mentioning a 4-1 college basketball night over on the Twitter feed. Watch out for those picks. They've been doing pretty well lately at Authentic on Twitter. Subscribe, rate and review the podcast. Until tomorrow, I'll see you at the window.